Looks like that. The final hour is here for the Wednesday edition. Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network with Hot Mike. Mike Gunzelman. He's in studio with us coming up in 20 minutes from Outkick.com. We'll discuss the protocol for spoiler alerts and much more, including his time on the Warp Tour and the photo that you will see uh, coming up as uh, if you're watching on, on YouTube. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, just search out Outkick. We hope, hope you'll like, subscribe, and join Chad in the chat. How's that going today? It's good. Got a couple trolls, <laughs> but other than that, just fine. A few Daniel Snyders? No, I mean, it's someone It's someone who's in, in here that goes by Biojwerk. Oh, yeah. That's B-I-2-0s. Long two, time listener, first two time zeros, B-I-2-0s, yeah. two zeros, D-W-E-R, capital K. Yeah. And I responded and said, this person's definitely real. I think that's Matt's <laughs> Definitely not hiding behind an alias right now. Yes. Chad, uh, no alias is needed now for the Big Ten commissioner. We know who it is, finally. And what do you think of the new hire? Tony Patetti, who is former Major League Baseball executive. He is a former CBS uh, TV exec as well. And he's done a little bit of everything gaining experience throughout his, his long career and under the radar, much like Kevin Warren whenever he was hired away from the Minnesota Vikings to run the conference. It's a hire that makes sense because with media rights being such an important part of everything these leagues are doing, this is a direction that you could see any conference going in. Does it knock my socks off and say, wow, that's one I wasn't expecting? But, yeah. I, I joke, but I said, you really want to – just blow the lid off the thing. Make Greg Sankey an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> if you want to really get the competition going, go hire the SEC's commissioner to be your commissioner. I understand that was never likely and maybe not even possible. But I do like the direction they're going here because they're hiring someone that's got a varied experience, both network, digital, and within a league. So they can properly navigate the different channels you've got to navigate to make media deals happy, to keep television partners happy, and to understand what makes a viable business. Because this is no longer about academia, school presidents, even athletic directors. It's about running a business, running a huge business when you're running the Big Ten or any major conference. And that's where you're seeing the direction go is with hiring business people to lead these entities. And we saw it again yesterday with the news that yes the big 10 has their man you know it's different charlie baker replacing mark emmert that when you're like good luck running the ncaa right now as president but i would equate this to picking up where roger goodell will leave the nfl you know i mean it's just a la carte you've got the creme de la creme yeah there's no big thing to do yeah, right so now. it doesn't. Ha- they don't have to behind. You're the not scenes, coming in having to negotiate immediately the next no, TV yeah. contract, but, which is always the biggest thing. But you get to set up what's on the horizon for whatever the contractually the two sides, uh, Fox, CBS, and the conference is going to build together. And you've got the guy behind the scenes where it, maybe he does do that behind the scenes, knock the socks off of those types of meetings, negotiations, and deals. Now, what you. The, the planning's already been in the works, but you are going to usher in UCLA and USC mm-hmm. into the conference and start to break out schedule and everything going on with that. That's going to be can a I, big undertaking. Can I give you an idea? So SEC 
has SEC network, right? Yep. Big Ten network. What if it is? What if it becomes USC Trojans TV, UCLA Bruins TV, and you follow the MLB TV model, and you have the team-centric subscription service right there, and you have the guy who oversaw all of it running the conference that can show the model and why it worked for Major League Baseball and how it can work for a conference that's going to continue to add teams. I think it's brilliant. I also don't think there's any way that you could convince the conference to equally separate and split the revenues from that for this but, reason. But it's on it's on the team to do that. They're already fundraising as it is. There are haves and have-nots. When I say team, it's the program. It would be it would be for the program, not the football team. Yes. Uh, the, the department. But here's what I'm saying. When you're talking conference commissioner, you're talking socialism in terms of the way the conference is divvied up with revenues. There is no way that OhioState.tv should be given well, the same payout to everyone else as Illinois.tv okay. or Northwestern.tv. What if my all point of those is went to the same server? If what, we're looking at if we're looking at it from a I like your first idea better from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. It's the Major League Baseball model. The Los Angeles Dodgers TV deal nets more than the Pittsburgh Pirates. It goes into a pot, but those teams are also making that revenue. Right. So of, of their own local deal. So I'm, it, as a capitalist, I'm fine with Ohio State making their money off OhioState.tv, just like USC makes it also, just like Northwestern makes it. But I think from a conference setup, it'll be tough to convince for the greater good if you divvy it up by every team individually, that Ohio State channel is going to make infinitely more than a lot of other programs. And to get them to the Nebraska channel is going to make infinitely more than other programs, than the Maryland channel, as an example, in the Big Ten. So I do like the idea of you have to subscribe to like a subsidiary of Big Ten Network that is a, that is a team-owned, program-owned channel but I don't know how you make it work with distributions back to each individual institution. Well, it would be a, it would, it would serve, I think of it from like the, the VFL films. Yeah. You have that. No, I, I get what you're saying. I but, like it. But can you have that under the SEC umbrella, which again, I'm just using that as an example for what the, how I would try to crowdsource this with the Big Ten. But hey, the SEC network, they're going in this model with ESPN. ESPN Plus and all. How do we make the digital footprint as big for the programs and the, the, the viable uh, big money that we can bring in on top of what we're already going to do that can also serve our two big, our three big partners for our TV purposes? And everyone helps out everyone in that area. So instead of like, every, they're splitting the pie for the, the, the kickoff times, right? What if they split the pie for the .TV revenue? And, and, then, I, I think and then you have that digitally as well as what you're getting on your programming be, Saturdays. It can't be 100% split because of the discrepancy between the amount of subscriptions for some schools over others. But I do think what you can do with this model is if you're the Big Ten, you say, all right, we have Big Ten Network. We're now setting up the infrastructure for – Purdue.tv, OhioState.tv, yeah. um, Rutgers.tv, all of that. As part of it, 
you give 25% of all revenue back to the conference that's evenly split in that way. And then whatever else like you a, make a on top of tax. that, yeah, You're whatever your else tax. you make is on, you know, that's good. It's on you. That's goes to your athletic fund. Yeah. I mean, so then it's okay. Now we're basically paying for a membership and that money, all that revenue of 25% of profits, let's say, you know, goes into the pot and then it gets dispersed out. But that also goes to the administration of those networks through a central server. That is the big 10 network. And then if you make, ton of money more on subscriptions on top of that it goes back to you so then ohio state feels okay with that because they know they're going to make a lot more money than other programs yeah and if you don't participate because not everyone's jumping into it based on budget size right yeah initially you still get a piece of the pie for those that do i think everyone would do it if it was provided for them you know like here's here's what it is that they have the power to do that now with their partnerships Every SEC, well, example, every SEC program now has their own video department Mm -hmm. that is in conjunction with SEC Network. Right. Big Ten has the same thing. The Big Ten Network, so they can do the content however they want. They do have Big Ten Network, but I'm saying they also have CBS, NBC, and Fox. Yeah. And there there is, you know, three massive branches. Oh, I don't think you're putting anything those networks want on it. No, but I'm saying, no, you, you have them... I mean, you have the guy who worked for CBS and the guy that started MLB.TV running the conference now. Yeah. I think there's plenty of avenues to, if CBS doesn't want to carry the uh, every Big Ten basketball game or whatever, and you can't, you've got the, uh, the ability to charge a fee or whatever. Yeah, it ended up being more like baseball games midweek, softball shows. games, volleyball games, going to the, and volleyball's a big deal in Big Ten. But it goes to those individual yeah. brands. You get to watch it there. And maybe that's a distant future type thing. But if it's all on the phone. But they made a hire that gets us closer to the future yeah. with this move. So I think for that reason, it's smart. The knot, yeah, the knot is there. Um, so have you seen the, the, the transformations recently of the NFL offensive linemen? It's been going on for a while. So I've well, seen a lot of guys but, that go one of two directions when they yes, are done playing. Yes. Um, but the guys that I think are familiar Alan Fanica comes to mind, pro football Hall of Famer, who would stop by and chat with us at the uh, Super Bowls. Like when he walks by, and you're like, "That's Alan Fanica," versus what you used to see for him on the yeah. offensive line. Um, it, it, plenty of examples, but Russell Okung, and you know, famous for representing himself and had some massive contracts with Seattle, offensive lineman. I mean, he looks like a kicker now. He has slimmed down so much. It looks like an NBA player when you see him. He's so thin, uh, this, this picture of him. Um, I, I struggle with this picture because every time I glance at it, I think he's completely nude because he's wearing flesh-colored sweatpants every time I look up at it from a distance. But um, these You're guys right. go one of two directions. We, we've seen offensive linemen that are dead within 15 years because they take such poor care of themselves. And then we see guys like Russell Okung who look like they could go run a marathon. After well, playing offensive line. There's Joe it's also amazing to me when you see the shell of the athlete underneath the huge physical facade of an offensive tackle. And I'm looking at a guy that could have played in the NBA. Like long arms, big hands, you know, athletic frame, right? That's what it takes to play tackle in the league. It's just that you're also enormous on top of that because you're overeating you're working out all the time you're and you're big weight wise yeah, right you have to keep the weight but on. when you look at the shell of russell okung it's amazing to see 
this guy could have played other sports if he just kept his weight down his whole life. Yeah, or, I mean, but in order to get the mass contract that he needed. Oh, he, for sure. He had to put the weight on. You know, we, we tell the story of Keith Bullock. Bullock had to keep weight on. It was very difficult. He knew he was going to drop the pounds. He went to Syracuse as a safety, ended up moving up as linebacker, and he needed to bulk up based on the era that he was playing in. And going into camp, he would do nothing but eat fast food. Nothing but fast food. Going into training camp in an era where you come in in shape because he knew he was going to drop so much weight that he would come in overweight, and then by the time you got to mid-August, he was ready to go for the NFL season. And then the difficult part of that is keeping the weight on during the week as you're rehabbing from injuries and everything else. It's a, it's a grind. It's worth it to them, but it's a grind. Yeah. On the, on the front. But good for Russell Okung. Looks great. It's a grind to, yeah, it's grind to the NFL draft where there's debate, some manufactured, some not. I'm all for guys like Pete Prisco who think for themselves, present the argument for why or why not they like a player instead of just repeating things that we hear over and over and over again. He gave the example of Will Levis. He likes Will Levis. No one really says that. Chris Sims has Will Anderson as the fifth best pass rusher in this draft. At a tier three on this top five edge prospects. I, I love Chris Sims, but let's be honest here. Based on what we've seen, how can he not be at worst number two if you're going to take Tyree Wilson above him, which some mocks have had. But there's no way I'm looking down the list and thinking Will Anderson from Bama and the consistency that he played with is not at least number two on the list. Do you think he put him at five to get the headline? When Chris Sims says this is not a hot take when he starts talking about this on his podcast, it is, in fact, a hot take. If you have to preface by saying, Will Anderson at five, this is not a hot take, by the way. No, it's a hot take. Because you know you're completely separate of everyone else and where they have Will Anderson. He also says that the Cardinals are not going to trade. I think he probably deep down believes this. Um, I think he's talked to someone in the league that probably has this list that way, that has no chance of drafting well, Will Anderson. And is hey, why they have it that way. I mentioned Prisco. Prisco's not he's not down on him like this. But he also said, like, hey, if we're going to compare him to where he should be for how we discuss him, he's not on that level of the of the Miles Garrett type players, I think he's really good. Me too. Um, I, again, I you know maybe they're right. I, I think Will Anderson suffers from this. His name has been out there for so long. We've talked about him for so long, and people just get fatigued and start coming up with reasons to pick at him because it's been quiet during this draft season with him. Because there's no reason to question his game for the most part. But now we're going to start to question it just to question something. Yeah. Quote was, I really like Will Anderson. He's a good football player. He's just not elite. There's, there's not very much elite about him, is what Sims said. Well, we'll see. Sometimes just being an elite football player makes you elite. You can nitpick and say, well, this trade yeah. is an elite. This trade is an elite. Well, okay. You could still be an elite player. This happens all the time with wide receivers. Well, he's not a 4-3 guy. You know, he's fast, but not elite speed. And then... When you put everything together, if it makes an elite player, even if you're not looking at one facet of the game and saying, I don't see one thing that's better than everyone else in the draft, you're still going to have a great player in the NFL for years to come. 
So I'm not buying what Chris Sims is saying. And I also think that when you preface by saying this isn't a hot take, you know it's a hot take. We'll get Chris on at, at some point. I'd love to have Chris on. By the way, I've, I had so many people comment yesterday saying, why didn't you challenge Pete Prisco on his Will Levis take? And I've been so consistent with my Will Levis take. Yeah, I'm not going to use the time of a guest we have on that we don't have on normally to shout at them over Zoom when they're on with us. <laughs> I disagree with Pete Prisco. I said it right when he was on, but I, I can't. I'm not going to take the 15 minutes we have with a guest to just tell him what I've said on this show for months about Will Levis well, and then share my opinion with him and it's also, when we're trying to get his opinion on multiple prospects in one sitting, right? It's also an opinion I just want people to understand that concept. For months. Yeah. Like, Will if Levis Dan is Dockich a, is on with us, who's on with us weekly, or Bobby Carpenter, yeah. I'll battle with him a little bit after the Will Levis take on that, right? Or challenge them on it. I'm not going to waste our time with Pete Prisco when we have him on for 15 minutes twice a year. To battle with him on Will Levis, but I how, just but how I thought that was understood. But I need to explain on Levis. He's heard the argument where Will Levis is not on par with the other two that we're talking about all the time with Bryce Young or or C.J. Stroud, and we've maintained he's a good quarterback. What Levis? He's not number one overall, and that's something that Pete Prisco has heard. So he structured what he came in and said about Levis by answering the questions that we would have come back with anyway. Now, to each his own. But Levis is, I mean, to me, we've seen what he is on the field. If you're going out of your way to talk about how bad the offensive line is, how, oh, it's Kentucky football, oh, the offensive coordinator. Right. When you're bending yourself into a pretzel repeatedly (laughs) to make excuses for the guy, something's up. Something's up. We've had plenty of other quarterbacks who have been at non-premier programs that what you say about him was – can you believe this guy did X at this school? You know what we don't and do? what he was able to accomplish. We don't make those excuses for year three quarterbacks in the NFL behind poor offensive lines and poor structure around them. They're busts. Agreed. Coming up, guns. No bust. We've got Mike Gunzelman from Outkick, and we discuss this as far as spoiler alerts go for the most popular shows. What is the decorum? What is the protocol to follow? I think we'll vary on opinion, much like many on social media did this past Sunday. That's next on Hotline. Hot Mike rolls on 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad is tweeting out the link for people to watch our next guest. He is not spoiling anyone on Secession. Guns. Well, Mike Gunzelman in studio with what's us. What's up, fellas? Let's what's go. What's up, man? Let's bring the energy Thanks here, Thanks for coming Guns. back in. I like it. Yeah, no, listen, congratulations. Obviously, Hot Mike coming at you with some hot takes, no doubt, for hey, sure. And, and uh, Clay is, is down in Florida, so... You're on today. Listen, they had to get the person with the better hair, okay? I exactly, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> said, for you. A bit we said let's, get our, let's get the best male hair in here. <laughs> That's what we told Davey. If we can get the best hairdo. And although, he said, Guns is your guy. Although all three of us have pretty uh, dapper hair, I must say. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Third, you had on, your thoughts. third on the list of, oh, you, uh, you in, this, in this s- s- shot I'm, right now. I'm going gray first, though. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're definitely a grayer than me. And I'm, you're younger I'm, than I am, too, which is shocking. We should make bets on total gray. I'll do one of those things where Wait. it's like the uh, Crash Test Dummies uh, song where my hair just turns white overnight. <laughs> like, Hutton's going to slowly go gray, and then I'm going to be totally white would, over uh, the course of a month. Would Crash Test Dummies play the Warp Tour? Where you? Uh, oh, yeah. th- here's the photo of of guns. Uh, how old were you here? And that was, how uh, would you explain uh, the look on your face here? Uh, pain. <laughs> <laughs> that was about two and a half weeks of touring on the uh, the Warp Tour. I thought you said that was two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> it could have yeah. been, yeah. Two and a uh, half hours ago. Yeah. yeah, it was about six, seven years ago. Uh, big in the music industry, obviously with the gun yeah. show and, and this myself. This was in January. This yeah. photo. <laughs> <laughs> this was at it's Bush amazing. the other night when I ran into <laughs> yes. you at Bush. Kevin Rossdale. Chad missed the uh, show. It was oh, a fun man. time, though. It was a uh, oh, look at those eyes. Oh, man. Whew. Waking up. Every- Here's the thing about anybody that the does eyes it. of a man yeah. who knows he's got gray hair. That's what, what I look at when I see those eyes. People think that touring is easy, and it, it, it seems like it is, but every day you wake up literally in a different city on a tour bus, and you're just like, what happened? <laughs> like, and where am I? What day is <laughs> it? Yeah, exactly. You have no recollection, which is also interesting because whenever a lot of musicians want to talk politics and all that, you got to realize they have no idea what's going on. A lot of time, they don't really even have internet. They do press. They do radio junkets. They're doing all this stuff that they don't – for them to talk about like politics on a greater scale is they're full of it because I've been on tour for years. You don't know what – you have to be reminded what city you're in before you go out <laughs> to say what's up to the crowd. You know, I'd be like, what's up, New York, and you're in Boston. That would be ideal, you know? We were so. uh, at the Adam Sandler show in uh, in Nashville, and Kevin yeah. James, who was a special guest, had a great bit in a stand-up uh, act about he's just not political at all and has no clue what's going on in current events and how dumb he feels when he actually makes it out in public and people are talking about big issues and <laughs> how he nodding. plays it off and he, like – just has these lines he can drop in any conversation. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know the world today. Am I right? You know, what's, what's going on? It's a, it's a great stand-up bit. Part of the world today, though, guns, is spoiler alerts Woo. in pop culture and major shows and movies. And I, I feel like you're doing the Lord's work out there with this poll question. Thank you. And the article you wrote to try to come up with an acceptable amount of time in order to spoil a TV show. Yes. What went into this research What's the conclusion? All right. So here's the deal. The rise of social media, you know, we don't really have – it's chaos. It's mayhem. It's bedlam. There's no rules. There's no guidelines. We don't know what to do. And it finally hit the tipping point with Succession, which, by the way, if you're not watching Succession – I'm not. I'm not yet. Oh, gosh. I'm not yet. It's so good. I'm very slow to get around to these things. I'll, I'll binge it. Listen, it's called Priorities. Hunt will get around to it in 2028. Yeah, yeah. people can talk about White Lotus and all the uh, these other shows. Succession is the priority. It's the best damn show on television in years, second to none. But anyway, this past Sunday was an unbelievable episode. I'm talking all the emotions. I was shook. I couldn't go to bed. Like, I, I was up for hours. And... You go on social media, and it's like you just want to talk to somebody. You just want to, oh, I got to express myself. Like, what the F did we just see? And I wrote that, but I didn't say what happened. Some people started saying what happened. So this is what I was getting to because what is the correct way? What's the timeline? When is it acceptable to finally be able to tell people in public via social media when you're allowed to say what happened in a movie or a TV show? So we asked the OutKick audience. We pulled them. We asked 24 hours, three days, one week, or doesn't matter. And the results actually came in. About what you would expect, I think. And, and you disavowed the results. I did because I think uh, – Which I respect your hustle on this. You they, said, I'm yeah. going to go against the fans I and say g- I'm giving a different ruling. Well, first of all, 
the they're all about twenty to thirty percent, and usually like that's kind of rare. But that just shows yes. how divisive it yeah, is. That, that's a good poll question. Yeah, and how passionate it is because there's no straight answer. But we're doing, like you said, the Lord's work. And Outkick audience, Outkick fam, we love you, of course. But you're wrong when you said that. You could just freely tweet out the ending, the result, the storyline, whenever you want. All right? You can't do that. That's lunacy. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? You can't do it whenever. First, first though, tell me what you decided. Okay. Tell our audience what you decided on the time frame, appropriate time frame. So the audience chose. Or, or I should they, say, the, Outkick, the, the polls. Whenever yeah, you want, yeah. Said whenever you want. I broke it down. You can check it out, Outkick.com, 24 hours. My, my reasoning is this. You have to give at least 24 hours for a TV show. Then it's a three-day rule that you have to say spoiler before you tweet it. And after that, it's free game. All right? It's fair game. I'm not saying you have to wait a week. It's a TV show. Let's go. We live on that instant culture. But you got to give at least 24 hours. Is so that fair? I, I, 24 hours is fair. I think with the preface of... I, I think 24 hours is fair. I also will say this, because I'm way into this show and a lot of shows, and I, if I want to watch something badly, I will stay off social media if I know I can't get to it until later. So I'm a little bit different here, so I, I avoid spoilers on that. But Guns, if you were writing a recap of the episode... Okay, because they get all these screeners. They watch it 24 hours in advance. If you're going to write a column about it, I think it is acceptable not to spoil the thing. We can now say it's been how long? Three days. Yeah, yeah. By now, like Logan yeah. Roy yeah. dies. Okay, oh. if you don't watch the show, <laughs> oh no, then, then nothing. Like I, I, this but is it pays this me is though. Do you see my reaction? But here's the thing, and I'll say no, like if guns. you don't know that, then okay, no, but like, I, I can't here, help you. I don't even watch the show, and I knew that based okay. on Twitter. Or now, but tell me, give me a ruling on this, guns. Yeah, I think it's acceptable to say in tonight's shocking episode of Succession, you can read more about it here when you post because. These sites, they're going to post their recaps immediately. No problem with that. Right? Yeah. Everything changed in tonight's succession. But you don't spell out one of the main characters died. Yeah. Right? Now, I think if you're writing a preview of the next episode and you're a few days removed, totally acceptable yeah. to say, here's what to look for now that Logan Roy is dead and the succession part of succession can you. actually yeah. take place That's over fine. seven episodes. That's right? That column tomorrow now. That's Yeah, exactly. Uh, that is... <laughs> You're exactly right with that. However, all right, a couple things. One is I heard from a lot of people. I write it in the article. Oh, just stay off social media. Well, sometimes you can't stay off social media. Agreed. All right, I live on social media like like you can't. Some, it's kind of our your jobs work. I mean, we too. literally work yeah. on it. You can't say, oh, just stay off social media. It's like, no. So other people said, well, mute the words. I understand that. You know, when the Avengers came out, some people muted Avengers. You don't want to see success. You know you can't see it. You can mute the words so it won't come up in your tweet. The Mets – Play-by-play radio announcer, Howie Rose. Love Howie, by the way. Tweeted out, Logan Roy died. He didn't even include the word succession. So even, like, what? this is the Mets announcer. So nobody's even going to think that. You had fans, Mets fans, that started going off on him because they had succession muted. And here you have their favorite broadcaster of their favorite team telling them, spoiling that that's, Logan Roy that's died. That's a bridge too far. 15 that's a bridge hours. Too far. That was no. less than 24 hours. You it, can't do that. See, no. I tweeted that no, I was watching live, and I think I put, like, succession went hard tonight. Yeah. And that yeah. was it. And that was 20 minutes into the episode yeah. when everything yeah. was happening. And, and that that's was it. That's fine. You're allowed to talk that's about a, that's it. That's a you teaser. You can't spoil that's it. That's a teaser. Yes. That's not a spoiler. Yes. That's a teaser. Yes. 
great, um, great response from Clay, who wanted to uh, weigh in on the, the, the poll earlier this week uh, for worse spoilers. He said, my five-year-old told everyone that <laughs> Han Solo died when he jumped into my lap during an OutKick show the day the new Star Wars came out. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I, <laughs> that became like a big joke, right? I think everybody's like, oh, you know, Han Solo dies. That was like that, the thing people were saying before he went into the movie. And I'm, uh, I remember that being but, an online thing. But it's all, I am actually that's a Star the, Wars that's fan. That's a fight back against spoilers, if I think, or I, people being mad about him. I'm a Star Wars fan, but like I'm not like a Comic Con Star Wars fan, you know what I mean? If they, if I'm not Darth Nihilus, is what you're saying. That would be mortifying, but it's so great because yeah. it was a five-year-old. Plus, it was Clay's kid that did it. But could you imagine if that's how you found out? Like, oh, I had plans tomorrow night to see it. Yeah. It's the biggest franchise in the history, and Clay Travis's five-year-old just <laughs> oh, ruined my life. <laughs> Especially knowing Clay, that's, it makes it even funnier. Oh, now, God. I will say, some, a show like Succession, that it's a, it's a big audience, and it's a very devoted audience. I almost treat it a little bit like sports. In that we're not worried about spoiling live sports. We will just tweet yeah. when you're covering an event about what's happening during the game, and then there's final scores tweeted immediately. Is there are there certain shows, guns that could cross over into that realm where you can't possibly spoil it because so many people are into it at such an obsessive level that you treat it like a live sporting event, or because of streaming now and recording everything, you can never treat any live TV show that way. It's a very good question because the the viewing habits have changed. You know, it started from everyone had to watch live to then some people had what was it, uh, the the uh, DVRs into now everything's on demand. But also the rollout structure is different. Some shows come out where you can just binge them all. Others like a succession, you have to wait week to week to week. The one difference, though, I would say, and it's funny because I only watched the last ep- the last season of Game of Thrones, so I had no idea what was happening. And the last season was terrible. So in my eyes. Game of Thrones is just terrible. That may be the worst way to watch that show. <laughs> but that Congrats left, on picking the worst way. But that the night fight, whatever, I felt like everybody was all watching at the same time across social media about yeah. the, the, the lighting was terrible and all that. So if it's on that grand of a scale, I think that's the only moment. Besides that, I mean, that's one aspect. If it's a weekly rollout. The other one is like, if it's all at once, it'd be like, oh, White Lotus, like, what's going on there if they release all seven at once? So it depends on what the rollout of the movie is or the so TV show it's, is. It's, uh, let me say this. Complete foul, if we're playing fair or foul on this, is when a Netflix series or something that's released all at once is released, if someone immediately has a write-up spoiling the in a tweet right. what happens in the finale <laughs> or what happens in the show. Yeah. Like, I think that's like a three- to six-month. You can't just post the whole series. Like, here's what happens in the finale. You know, like, not immediately. Like, it has to be something if that takes that, a lot of time. If it's posted, but it's that good, it's not going to take you three months to get through it. Right. Like, Ozark comes good. out, which we were into. Yeah. You know, and if someone came in and right. said, here's what happens in the final, like, immediately, because they've seen all of them in succession right when it was done, I, I would have a big problem yeah. with that. But I think, but when that happened, I, I completely agree with you, like, uh, on that aspect. But that's when you would mute the words. You know what I mean? Like, you have to mute. Like the word Ozark, and then if you're you not going to watch it for weeks, and they're all out. And then you have everyone tweeting like a like you would if uh, if you're following a, a fan base of a team, and it's like, oh, great save, and that's just it. <laughs> and, and like if you're like, oh, I'm assuming yeah. they're talking about the team that they're you know a, a fan, of, but it's like th- there's no context to oh, it. But yeah. can we all, can we all agree though? I do kind of like that though. Like if I'm <laughs> trying to record a sporting event and I happen to see something, 
I'm like, well, I know it's 7.34 p.m. Something happened that was crazy because <laughs> yeah, three yeah. people said, wow, yeah. all at the same time. Play by play Allie in our YouTube chat, this is amazing, says, even though Chad just spoiled that for me, has not seen the episode <laughs> yet, I thought to myself, well, at least I won't know when it's coming. Then three minutes later, he went on to say, about 20 minutes in. <laughs> 21.33 in. <laughs> Everything it. happens. I'm so sorry. Just waiting, I, I really waiting didn't know that. Yeah. What, I feel what like you can do now? If you like the show, then you would know Instead by now. Instead of skip the intro, you could skip until when, when Chad didn't spoil uh, the episode. I did think, though, Guns, if yeah. you, like what you did with Game of Thrones, just watch the final season. Yeah. Like, what if someone heard buzz about Succession and just said, hey, I'm going to tune in to this episode? And they saw that episode, <laughs> which was, I think, a masterclass I think of performance. It's winning all the awards. For oh that my episode. goodness, yeah. it was incredible. But if you're watching this thing, what is this? Like, why is this so important? Like, what is going on? Because it's an. I'm going to spoil something else. Here. It's an off-screen death, right? You don't see it. It's oh all from the perspective this, of getting that phone by, call. By, I mean, it's, I it's lived great. it, but I'm like cringe. But this is why we need by these the rules. The, episode, yeah. did he, the was phone he calls breaking up. <laughs> it was Easter Sunday. You know, was he resurrected, Chad? Did you spoil that for me? Amazing, yeah. Spoiler alert, oh. guys. It gets better in two days. He died oh, off camera, my. but came back to life on camera. It's better in two days, I promise. Yes. It's wow. a great show. That's mortifying. So you also... <laughs> what you just did. What? Uh, just gave it all away. No but it is three days. It's Wednesday, so you broke the I'm three days. I'm sorry, We're allowed. Uh, Allie, Allie. Allie is the one yeah. succession fan who has no clue what's happened. And I'm legitimately <laughs> sorry to Allie, the one person who by now doesn't know. Um you also wrote guns about yeah. participation trophies and what's going on in is it North Carolina? It's North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, this uh, is happening. Yeah. It's, the bill give has us been the introduced to ban them. Yeah. So I mean, listen, I'm I've written about it. I've been vocal about it. I think this participation trophy, everybody deserves a ribbon. Everybody deserves an award. I think that's the dumbing down of America. I don't think we should celebrate mediocrity. I don't think that we should, um, you know, we should always strive to be the best. We're the United States of America. We're human beings. You should always want to be better than you are. And once you start, uh, you know, rewarding yourself for, for not being that, for just showing up, I think that does have a detrimental, you know, effect on society, especially the younger that you go. And now a North Carolina, um, state senator has introduced a bill and it's getting a lot of support so far that would ban youth sports leagues from having participation trophies. And my, my, my argument is, 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 is a couple of things here. One is this is a Republican. And if you're a Republican, you shouldn't want more government intervention. All right. Two is on some aspects. And I write this in, the, in my outkick article, I feel like participation trophies and ribbons and stuff is good up until like the age of eight. If you're young, you don't know what you're doing. Even adults still have no idea. I mean, talk to talk to college kids. They don't know what they're doing with their lives. So you think a, a five-year-old's going to know? I think they should be able to experience and try out as many different things as possible. Mm. And if it takes an award or something to make them feel good, like that could be the thing that makes them want to drive and, and pursue that further. Now, when you get to eight, nine, ten years old, that's when I think – you start developing more, and you're like, hey, the light, life isn't fair, okay? So that's one aspect. The other aspect is, I mean, really, what are we doing here? Why are we, Do we really want the government to get involved in, uh, I, in, in our trophies, in our no. school and sports leagues? Come on, and you're a Republican. Don't do that. What are you doing tarnishing? That's something like AOC would do. That's such a political ploy. What are you doing that's desperate? Well, look, Republicans are just as guilty of political uh, ploys as Democrats, just, first uh, and foremost. Uh, 
And uh, as the lone parent on this panel, let me let me weigh in on this. Yeah. Ridiculous that this guy, just for attention, is I assume it's a guy, a Republican yeah. guy, yes. is uh, you know wanting to ban participation trophies. This is a complete waste of government time and stupid. I too am against the participation trophy generation. I'm against trophies in general. Uh, we got trophies for participating in little league teams when we were little, and I thought that was stupid then. That everyone just got the same trophy at the end of the year, yeah. you know, at your team pizza banquet or whatever. <laughs> yes. I just think trophies are outdated. Now I will say, and I, I will defend this to the death, because I think there are some parents who probably are against this. Cash. Uh, I coach eight and under softball, and every girl on my team is going to get a game ball. Yeah. Whether they're good or not. Yeah. Like they're going to have a moment where they're going to get one. Now I think there are some parents who are like, no. If my daughter's the best every game well, or she hits a home run every game, now, she should get multiple game balls. This and I, is the reason for participation trophies, though. It's, not, it's, it's, kind, of a, it's kind of a but, league yeah. suggestion. It's not a rule, right? But my rule as the coach is when they're this little, they're going to have a moment where I'm going to honor them after the game and their parents can video it, and they're going to get a game ball. Yes. Okay. Even if little Susie is in the outfield not paying attention the whole time and gets <laughs> one hit all year, well, she's going to get a game ball when, when she gets that hit. But some would say, well, that's the participation trophy generation coming out. And I say, no, it's – I want kids to enjoy yeah, what they're doing second place. also, yeah. right? Yeah. Or last place. Yeah. That, so that's, that's, almost why, like rewarding, that's why I'm against this guy in this whole thing. That's rewarding individual accomplishment. If you can find one small right. thing that this person did good and they can get something out of it, I think that works rather than just be a broad, a broad you know, hey, yeah. sure, you, you paid your fee, here's a trophy. Well, and just in general, I'm, I'm just against the kind of look at me like I'm doing this for votes. <laughs> Right, for one party or the other yeah. move, and that's what this was. Chad, uh, two rules guns about Chad when he coaches. Number one, everyone gets a game ball at least one time during the season. Number two, if you think you can pitch better than me, come take the baseball from me. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, that's my rule with the parents. <laughs> yeah. If there's any question about my strike zone or my pitching ability, it's just come a simple this. move where I just take the softball and I go and hand it to him and said, all right, you're up. Let's come go. Let's, Let's go. see what you got. You got get get that arm loose. You might want to go put some shorts on. Not a, lot of, not a lot of breathable space in those jeans you're wearing right now, sir. Come on out here. You know, you, you guys brought up the parents, and a lot of it has to do with the parents. I mean, you look at, like, what's going on in uh, schools across the, you know, across the country. I have family members that are teachers. It's very difficult because no parent wants to hear that their kid might not be as smart as others oh, and, yeah. and and teachers right now are kind of being held back because you can't hold the student back because there might be a lawsuit or you might be called racist or you know what I mean like so it's it's very difficult a lot of it comes from the parents and coming off this participation trophy kind of uh argument or and whatnot is a story that I did a couple months ago where that entitlement or just we have to protect everybody you know whoa the children etc is the Gen Z, or I should say millennial parents right now, are not teaching their kids about Santa Claus. Remember I did this a couple months ago yeah. because... This is our generation. Spoiler alert. Be, spoiler alert. <laughs> Santa Claus might not be real. For those okay. kids, yeah, maybe. Because... Maybe, we still haven't figured it out yet, but yeah. It's real to me. They're worried, they're worried about <laughs> the effect that it might have when they find out that he might not be real. This is how much you're coddling. But then you look at China and these other countries that are going to surpass us. The world isn't fair. The world's not a utopia. You have to be tough. You can't, like, these parents are so, sometimes it's about them themselves rather than their child. You're setting your child up for failure. 
The, you have to be able to compete. You need to be able to, to, to want to get better, to have a drive. You can't expect handouts out there all the time. I don't understand why we are dumbing ourselves down so much that we can't even tell our kids about Santa Claus or that we, like, like come on. Am I wrong here? I mean, I don't have kids, but, like, I'm, I'm a realist. Come on. Guns is going to coach my next slow-pitch softball game. My, my <laughs> you need next, a pump-up talk? Kids. You yeah. need a hype man before, in that, in that no, huddle? No, Guns and I are going to show up and call it. <laughs> yeah, you call the game, and then I'm going to get tossed. <laughs> yeah. when you you guys are looking live. That's we got, right. We got, we got field 12. <laughs> we got Lucy in the right field picking Dandelion. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's a parent that's challenging Chad to pitch a strike. I did have a moment last night where two kids at one point, I swear the ball was hit the outfield and they like it was like parting of the Red Sea. They split and ran the opposite way away from the ball. I'm like, why are we running away from a ball that's now sitting what still to practice? in the outfield? Uh, oh, yeah. that's so good. Paying money to practice. Guns, always fun, man. You bring the energy. Hot Thank you Mike. so much. Let's go, let's go. Mike'd up on Hot Mike. Thanks Love you for guys. coming in. Mike Gunzelman, you can read his work. Great work at Outkick.com. You can see him on the Warp Tour. <laughs> yeah, on the Warp yeah. Tour. Uh, the Vans Warp Tour. Is it still the Vans Warp Tour? Yeah, it, it, it's it's no longer around, unfortunately, because oh, of uh, photos like that, probably. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it, it had its run, but uh, no longer around. But hey, you can check me in uh, and uh, hunting out at uh, Bush concerts with Gavin Rossdale. Blame participation trophy generation for the banning of Crowd the bands. Crowd surfing with Gavin Rossdale. Yeah. Everybody couldn't get it the. All fr- comes back to that. Everybody couldn't get the front row, so yeah. they had to just cancel it because these, it wasn't fair. These weaklings. Not a citizen, but an entire town, uh, a city, trolls. And catfish. That's that's from Hot Mike. So, Davey told me about this, Chad, yesterday, right after the show. There's uh, Newark, New Jersey tricked into becoming sister cities with a Hindu nation, okay? They announce it. They, everything's great, except the country doesn't exist. The country or the city? The Hindu nation doesn't exist. So it's a city in the Hindu nation? The sister cities with a Hindu nation is what they signed up to or agreed to do. The nation of... I would have questions. First off, what is, what is a Hindu nation? <laughs> the nation of uh, Kalasa. The nation of Kalasa. So for a city to not know that a country Fold doesn't exist... Fold into a sister city's agreement with a fake country is the headline. So... A January... They had a ceremony. This is much, <laughs> they, much they held worse... a ceremony for this. ...when you find out that the country didn't exist. Like a city, that's dumb in its own right. If you didn't do your research and find out the city didn't yes. exist, but the fact they just made up a country. But the 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 uh, two women representing the nation of Kalasa, I don't know if I'm saying this right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't exist. They showed up for the ceremony. Was Borat with them? Was Sasha Baron Cohen a part of this? That's a great. That's a great tie. This in. this bit. I mean, this is so dumb. That what's the fake country Borat was from? That he made up. I mean, that sounds like that. Like they're part of a, the next Sasha Baron Cohen sketch or movie, and they didn't realize it. And they just accepted. What was it, Davey? No, he was actually from Kazakhstan. Oh, he was. So that's yeah. a real country, yeah. But it was a made oh, up. Oh, they didn't make up where they made up the whole background of him, though, right? What is so, Davey? What is the made up country again? Kalisa, Kalisa. It's a Hindu Kalasi. nation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the Sister Cities program was created, I think, in the 1950s, and it's where just a city in the United States 
links up with a country or a territory. The, in a, I mean, they, Chad, yeah. they, here's the photo. No, I, mean, I understand. We, I, here, I talked the recently ceremony. about here's the ceremony, all the sister cities of Nashville, if you remember. Yes. Uh, that they, you can go to the Music City Center and see all of them on the wall. Well, There's the guy, like eight of them. The guy that created this fake nation is also a scam artist that's currently also on the run for rape. And so he's wanted. And so it's like he managed to trick Newark. The biggest thing is nobody decided just well, to do a simple Google search. Yeah. But then they sent the two women garbed and whatever from the nation for the <laughs> ceremony. Again, trolled. We can't real, let it happen here. Real, real bad. We're back at it tomorrow. Hot mic across the Outkick Network.